are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 53 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories. My name is James Bodden, and I am so excited about today's guest for episode 53. I've got Amy Quick, business development executive at Intellimagic, co-founder of Five on Friday, and an all-around fantastic representation of what it means to be a modern sales professional. Amy and I talk about how she got started in sales, soft spot, she got started in the face-to-face world like I did. We talk about some really, really interesting lessons she learned uh, during her time in customer face-to-face sales roles. She tells a few really great stories. And then you know we go on to talk about the different opportunities that she got throughout her career, how she made her way onto the B2B side of things. Then we get into how she started creating content on LinkedIn. She has a very unique voice. She's very authentic, very genuine, and that's pretty rare uh, on social media, especially on a place like LinkedIn. So it's an overall fantastic conversation. If you don't have time to listen to the entire episode right now, Amy served up a snack break sales tip for us around the importance of conversations and how to prepare for them. Take a listen. Conversation is the largest part of your sales experience. If you can't talk to someone, you will not be successful in sales. So one of the things that I do um, is I script things out and I will practice having a conversation with variables. Like, what if they ask this question? What if they hate me? What if they, what if their attitude is, you know, one of judgment or challenge, how do I respond to that? And then I act it out. Mm. Um, And I'll act it out with coworkers too. Like we'll go through scenarios of A, B, and C. Um, And the reason for it is like, you, you acting and conversation go hand in hand. There's some people like I can just talk to anyone. I mean, I talk to literally everyone, but not everyone's like me. There's a lot of introverted sales reps yep. and for, for them to struggle in the area of kind of being able to talk to strangers, um, that's a huge hurdle to overcome, but it can be overcome. It just takes practice and, and that grows the confidence. And sometimes you don't want to risk those golden hours where you're on the phones taking those risks or this is my practice run because you're gonna you're gonna suck and then that's a that's a meeting you could have booked um so when you're not in that golden hour where you have to be on the phones and you have to be on practice having conversations such an actionable real world tip from amy And that's really what you're going to get throughout this entire episode. So without any further ado, I am going to kick off episode number 53 of the Lunch Break Podcast with none other than Amy Quick. Enjoy. All right, folks, here we are, episode 53. And I'm fired up about this episode today. I've got Amy Quick with me. And Amy is somebody who uh, we... 
initially came across each other on LinkedIn and I've just been loving her content. She's got a really great point of view on life, on business. And so for all those reasons, super excited to have you here, Amy. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited to be here. I completely agree. Same thing goes for you. Um, I love your content, your podcast. I've been trying to play catch up doing my homework. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, this is great. So let's kick this thing off um, the same way I kick all of them off. A Amy, tell us how you got started in sales. Well, I uh, don't have a degree. I went straight from high school uh, into the career world. And it was, um, it was intense and I loved it. And so I started off uh, at a credit union and I floated and worked pretty much every single department that you could work within that credit union. And I became what they called like a floater representative where I would travel all the branches and if they needed me in like member accounting or the teller line. Um, and uh, I really had to cut my teeth really fast on what it was like to be an adult um, in the real professional world. Um, I mean, this is in the, you know, my going into my early 20s, right? So mm. I had a lot of other things on my mind then. Um, <laughs> but I loved customer service. I mean, that was where I really um, felt I was being called. Um, and I, uh, my first like real big person job was like in customer service. And um, it was awesome because I had to interact with every department within the organization. I had to kind of know how to put out fires diplomatically um, because I'm not going to piss this person off over here only to help this person over here. Um, so you never want to burn your bridge was one of the big lessons I learned. Um, but, you know, I was always super pumped up to talk to the sales reps. Mm. I mean, they were like rock stars in my mind. They were all funny and witty and sometimes they had a bad attitude and I kind of like enjoyed that aspect of it too. Like, <laughs> oh, let me see if I can turn that around. And um, I kept thinking about, you know, like customer service is really similar to sales. I mean, it's really just answering all the questions, understanding what's the problem and how can I fix it. The only difference is you're actually selling monetarily a product or a solution or a service. So I um, kind of raised my hand and said, let's go. And I started doing um, like showroom sales and, and moved on to like the, uh, the transportation and logistics industry doing like actually strategic level sales. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a wild ride, man. It was like just trial by fire, but uh, I thrive on that. So that's, that's kind of where I got my start was just really just giving it a go. Yeah. Yeah. It seems really organic, right? You kind of just were doing things and, and, you know, one character trait that I've noticed in, in folks that have kind of a similar path of, you know, they maybe not a traditional way, like you didn't go right into a four-year college. You didn't have right. some sort of plan laid out where you just knew what was going to happen. Um, because, and I can relate to that because I, I very much fall into that same category of just, uh, I went to a two-year college and, and uh, so I was done by the time I was like 20, you know, um, I was right. out of college and had like a little degree that I couldn't use. Um, <laughs> and uh, very quickly, you get thrown into having to find a real job. And then what you're searching for is validation of like, am I good at this? Is this mm -hmm. something that I can do? And a lot of times folks just like you just inherently have this 
drive, okay, I'm going to excel at this one thing, whether it's not, you know, whether or not it's something that I've always wanted to do, or this is my dream job, right? I'm Mm going to get in here and I'm just going to kind of scrape and claw and, and prove myself every single day and create opportunities, like being able to be a swing employee that goes from branch to branch. And, and once that starts to happen, it's like confirming, all right, well, I was thrown into this thing, didn't even really care about it, didn't even really know about it. And I'm able, I, I can look back and see, wow, I'm in a much different place today. So mm-hmm. then that gives you the courage and the mindset to say, all right, well, I can make another type of jump from one yeah. side of the business to another, right? Um, so talk to us about like that transition specifically, because I think it's an interesting one um, right. from customer service and realizing, hey, sales is something I want to do. Was it one thing or was it just kind of accumulation of, of a lot of different kind of interactions? Yeah, it was definitely a lot of a lot of different um, random opportunities. So when I was with Ferguson and I was in their distribution center customer service department, um, I uh, got promoted to the lead of that department in less than a year. So I got Mm. promoted over like senior people. It was very interesting. Um, But I, as a result, I worked really closely with the sales reps at the branches. Um, And one of them actually called my boss and said, we want Amy to come and sell for us. And my boss pulled me in and she said, listen, you've got this opportunity. What do you think? And I was like, okay, like, let's do that. Like, are, do you, are you willing to let me go? Cause I'd been uh, in the department for like four years at that point. Yeah. And um, she was like, you know, I think that it's the right career move for you. And so I had a manager encouraging me and saying, I'm ready to let you go. <laughs> go spread mm-hmm. your wings and fly away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really a huge boost of confidence for me right out the gate. Yeah. Um, and then I, I moved into a different industry. And the crazy part about it was um, a lot of people don't realize that when you want to scale up in a company, uh, there's minimum requirements to these jobs that you're scaling up into. And the sales job had a minimum requirement of, of a bachelor's degree that mm. I did not have. Yeah. And so... Um, the supervisor of the sales team actually reached out to me and she said, Amy, I know you want to be on our team. We want you on our team. Um, we've, we're getting ready to post another job and I want you to apply for it. And I said, you know, I'd love to, but I don't fit the minimum requirements. Yeah. And she said, don't worry about that. We've talked to HR. They are adjusting the job posting and they are removing the minimum requirement of a bachelor's degree and changing it to bachelor's degree or relevant work experience. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> another I, uh, big boost of confidence. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a call from HR and she said, Hey, I understand you're interested and I, I want to encourage you to apply. Uh, so I did. And uh, what's hilarious is after I got the job in sales, they changed the requirement back to a bachelor's degree. And I was like, I don't know if I'm just doing a really bad job and they don't want to take <laughs> yeah. a risk anymore or. I mean, it was, it was like extremely uh, huge, like honor really yeah. that they would do something like that for me. Um, and uh, I think I, I mean, I earned it though, you know, yeah. I, yeah, it wasn't for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You so, had proven, you know, I think that speaks a lot um, to, you know, because it, in the sales 
org world, uh, a lot of people are in roles that they're kind of eyeing that next one. Yes. Like I'm an SDR now, but I want to be an AE. I'm an Mm -hmm. AE now, but I want to be a leader. I'm a director. I want to be a VP. And, you know, really the surefire way to make sure that that happens is to absolutely knock it out of the park in whatever you're doing currently. Right. right? And you figure that out, right? You kind of proof is in the pudding. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding for Mm -hmm. the company, for yourself that continues to, you know, it's a layered thing of confidence and, and you start feeling like, okay, yes, I can do these things. Um, And so you you found this sales role, you stepped into it since then, you know, you've had a few different roles. What has Mm -hmm. your experience been like just, um, you know, in the different sales roles you, 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 you've had, right. Um, right. and because no, no two are the same. <laughs> yeah. So I've done B2C, B2B. I mean, I, I sold to the public at Ferguson in the showroom. Mm. Uh, so that was very like, you're constantly on like, kind of like, you know, car, a car salesman in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're always kind of trying to understand and qualify the buyer and push them towards the right product and the right price point. And so that yeah. was interesting. There's a lot of psychology behind that. Then I went into the strategic sales um, world where I'm managing massive accounts and I'm growing business within those accounts. Mm. Um, and uh, that was fun. I mean, that was like a huge challenge. I mean, UPS was one of my customers, you know, Got it. Yeah. and um, I loved it because you had to keep them happy. So there's that element of customer service there. Um, you had to um, be confident because they would push you around. Um <laughs> And I mean, there were times where they were literally asking for rates that would have, we would have lost money on the business. And it's knowing when to stand up to those guys and say, you're go, go ship with this company over here. If they're willing to do that price and that's probably the best bet for you, that's not a position we're in. Yeah. Um, Straight up. And just kind of knowing. And then I've also, so what I'm doing right now is, um, I mean, I've done startup sales too. I've done the straight, just cold calling, pounding and dialing. Um, that's fun. I don't do it the way I'm supposed to. Probably <laughs> I go rogue, but, uh, that's okay. Cause I talk to people and it, it works. Um, and then my current job, I'm selling, uh, it operations analytics for it infrastructure. Mm. Say that five times fast. No, thanks. Um, and it's, <laughs> it is super, super complicated technology. It's enterprise level sales deals. They're like 12 to 18 month sales cycles. It's a lot of networking and growing within all the different departments. And so it's kind of similar to the strategic sales, except for this is all new logo. So it is a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, you know, anytime, you know, because you could say all of those things to somebody who's not wired the way you are and they'd be like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a nightmare of a job to have to do, you know, always, always, um, kind of chuckle when I hear, you know, folks like us, like, oh, it's really fun. It's really great. Like there is something a little bit twisted and a little bit off (laughs) neurotic folks that love that kind of work. Um, but you brought up a really interesting kind of point with the B2C selling and being, in a showroom or on a sales floor, you know, there definitely is that element of like being on, right. And and you're face to face and you have body language to react off of. And you can kind of, to me, when I sold cell phones, it was like, when I walked out onto the sales floor, it was like, I could like, I was stepping on stage almost, you know, it was like, I'm on, I'm ready to go. Um, 
what, if anything, did you take from that into this world of strategic selling over the phone, yeah. having to manage people without being there? I had a major fail <laughs> when I was doing B2C. Um, we were doing this like tent uh, sale where everything was like super discounted. And um, this older guy showed up wearing, you know, jeans and kind of a rough looking t-shirt. And he was just perusing the items. And I just have a huge heart. I love people. I just want to make everyone happy. And uh, this guy was picking up a pair of pliers and I think they were like $5. And uh, he kept looking at them and I was like, Hey, you know, do you, are you interested in buying those? And he, he just kind of said, well, I don't know that I, I can spend $5 on these pliers. And I, I instantly read the situation and looked at the way he was dressed and thought, Oh, this guy's really poor. He's maybe homeless. And my heart just broke. And I was like, listen, I'll, I'll get, I'll get the pliers for you. They're $5. And he was like, are you sure? You know? And I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, let me do this for you. So mm -hmm. I bought the pliers for him. A few minutes later, he's looking at some other stuff and he comes back to the register with a few more items. And I'm like, what's he doing? And he opens up his wallet and this guy was loaded <laughs> with $20 bills. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. Uh, I don't know if I can cuss on here or not. Yes. I was yes. pissed. I was yeah. like, and I sat there and thought, but Amy, you walked right into that. You completely mm -hmm. misread the situation. You led with your emotions in your heart. And this dude just played you like a fool. And I yeah. was like pissed. And I walked up to him and I said, you're going to pay me my $5 back right now. And he was like, well, you know, you're, you're an employee. And I was like, I am an employee. And right now you're my customer and you're paying me back $5. <laughs> and I just held out my hand and stood there waiting. And that moving forward was like, okay, Amy, as much as you love people and you just want to think the best in every situation, sometimes you have to make a stand and stand up for yourself and, and tell them no, or tell them to go to hell or say, I don't think we're going to be a good fit. Yeah. Um, that has been like the best lesson that I've learned. Yeah. Cause you um, can carry that through I, I any interaction. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the same, a very um, interesting situation that happened to me yesterday that I wanted to talk about. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we like to talk, you know, sales reps, you know, a little, yeah. little chatty. <laughs> um, I had a call yesterday with an opportunity that had stalled out. Um, we had a POC that we almost had going in 2019 and I was literally following up from like a webinar that this person had attended. So it was a very, very warm, just friendly outreach. Um, and I pissed her off pretty bad. I mean, I don't know how I, I still am looking back and I'm like, what could I have done different? Like I was just talking about like, Hey, we're going to be in your neck of the woods in March, we're thinking about doing a lunch and learn at this local barbecue restaurant. And I want to see if you and your team would be willing to come out and attend that lunch and learn. And she was like, you, you just don't let me talk do you. Mm. And I'm like, full stop, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, this is a major op that we, I'm like, good Lord, Amy, one too many freaking coffees this morning. And, um, but I really had to humble myself because I pissed her off and uh, the, she ended up hanging up on me. And I'm not that type of a person where I'm like, I can't let this lie. So I ended up emailing her this, you know, very apologetic, like put my foot in my mouth. 
um, hey, I, I think I, I overstepped and I'm sorry for that. And I really had to humble myself and say, you know, I honestly and genuinely really care about our relationship. And I understand if it doesn't make sense to continue talking moving forward. I, I respect that. Just let me know. And this, when I prepped, you know, I, I called my boss, I sent emails internally and said, listen, I think this is a, someone else is going to have to call this lady back because she does not like me. Yeah. And this morning I got an email from her mm. and she gave me everything I needed to get the deal moving forward. And I mm. was like, this just, I'm like looking at it. Like I got it like about five minutes before we got on here. Wow. And so you really, in sales, you really have to study the psychology of the situation and not respond emotionally mm -hmm. um, and just put yourself in their shoes, you know, yeah. and have some, have some confidence, but know when you're, when you're over, when you're overconfident. And I was overconfident. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I think about, yeah, I mean, I think about the 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 way that I was trained and the things that I was told about what makes a good salesperson, it's kind of like, you know, owning the conversation, controlling the conversation, right. you know, whatever, whatever. Um, over the years, like the two biggest words that I've identified that make a great salesperson and make sales more fun for everybody is like compassion and empathy. Like those mm -hmm. two things, if you operate with compassion for the other person and empathy of the situation they're in, you avoid so much of, of pissing somebody off or, or even getting upset when a deal dies or whatever it right. is, you can just kind of remain in the middle. So I love that. And I love that um, this situation is just a fantastic reminder that no matter if you've been in sales for two days, two years, 20 years, you're going to continue. If you're actually doing the job and you're actually throwing your hat in the ring every day, you're going right. to learn lessons. Right. Like there's going to be tough new ones. things, tough <laughs> ones, right? And you're going to get smacked in the mouth and it's never yeah. going to be easy. Um, so I love the fact that you like brought that up and, and um, hey, congratulations, right? Thank I mean, you. I'm really stoked. Work. So yeah, uh, I got to go read the e email for the fifth time. <laughs> yeah, know, right. Maybe, maybe in an hour when, I, when I'm not like tweaking out on espresso. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> the, the mid-afternoon slump that comes. Right. You can read that to get some energy. What, I love it. What is that? What is a mid afternoon? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I have like a mid morning slump and you know lunchtime slump and afternoon yeah. slump. Yeah, it's pretty much an all day thing. Right. Um, no, I love it. And you know, one thing that I've I have loved about kind of the way that you talk about sales on LinkedIn and just the content that you're producing. Um, it is that it's all very much rooted in you being a practitioner on a day in and day out basis. You know, I mean, it's like literally I experienced this thing today. I'm going to talk about it. And those are, I feel like mm -hmm. that's like the voice that everybody asks for on LinkedIn. You know, when everybody gets tired of the, right. you know, the same old posts or the, Hey, like, and engage this post to yeah. help out oh, with gosh, everybody yes. else, you know, um, yeah. it, it's much needed. So talk to us about, kind of your decision, your journey to, cause it's one thing to be a quota carrying sales rep and have right. a sales career and move through it. But what, what's the motivation and the decision that led you to getting and becoming active on LinkedIn and talking about sales and creating content? Okay. So this is a fun story. 
So my main competitors at work are like the IBMs, the Broadcoms, the big dogs in the industry. And there is me and like seven other sales reps covering North America and South America. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so these big companies, they have sales reps on site at every single one of our target customers in their ear, taking them to lunch, buying them steak dinners. And then there's me like, doo, 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 here's my email, <laughs> please spend some time with me. And I got to the point where I was like, there's no way that I can possibly get in front of all of my decision makers with just cold calling, email outreach. It's just not going to happen because there's no uh, relationship there that's being established. They don't know me. They have no clue what I'm all about or whether or not they could stand a conversation with me. Yeah. So I, I, I decided, okay, I'm just going to kind of see what I can do on LinkedIn to expand my network um, personally, like just my kind of my personal network brand. And by default, I'm going to get more attention for the company I work for. Um, so of course, there has to be a level of professional ability there. <laughs> I might may or may not sometimes get pulled in the office like Amy, <laughs> you should probably talk to us before you post that. Um, but they love it. And, um, and for me, it was just like, gosh, you know, I see it. I, I love sales coaches and sales trainers because that's my bread and butter, right? That's what I'm passionate about. Um, but I do see a lack of depth sometimes. Like there's a lot of theory and there's a lot of um, hypotheticals. And I want to hear more from people that are doing the jobs and saying, hey, this happened yesterday. This is the lesson I learned. I mean, I got brutalized on a phone call yesterday. And I'm so I'm going to write about it this week because it was so humbling for me. And I'm like, this is how I grow. This is how I learn. And another thing I saw was, you know, there was like a lack of peer to peer mentorship, like maybe in comic comment threads. Um, but, you know, people are always talking about like Josh Braun, you know, right. He'll like break down an email and it's like epic. Like you're like, oh crap, I get that. Like that makes a lot of sense. And um, so I respect like what people like that are doing. Um, to really give us tangible things and little chunks that we can walk away with. Yeah. Um, and then that grows their value in my mind. I'm like, I would work with that person. Um, and so I started the quick email resource group like uh, about a week or so ago, and it just blew up in my face. <laughs> um, I had like people messaging me saying like, oh my God, like, I mean, I literally had probably 50 unread messages from people thanking me for doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dang, I hit a nerve. And I think I pissed some people off too, because- I'm like giving away trade secrets, you know, <laughs> <laughs> bad Amy. Um, but my point was like, Hey, everyone's welcome to interact on that group. If you've got advice, if someone posts a template or a subject line and you've got a better idea or maybe a, a, an improvement that could be made on that, like talk to us. Yeah. Um, because then you're growing your network and you're growing your potential of getting in front of all these people that, Hey, I just, that person just posted a template that was utter crap and I could really help them. I could bring them value. We'll yeah. show up, show up and give them value. And then they could be a customer. So I think from a sales coaching and training standpoint and selling that consulting and that experience and a peer to peer standpoint, there was more of the sales coaching and all of that and less peer to peer. 
Um, and the peer to peer that was happening was really kind of crappy. You know, it was like, dude, like I'd never do that. Or yeah. like, there's this one troll <laughs> who I'm totally friends with now. He would show up on people's threads and I, I'm willing to bet a bottom dollar you've seen this person. And he would just talk crap like in like two words on everyone's <laughs> comment thread. And I thought, God, like he's just a ray of friggin' sunshine, isn't he? Yeah. And so I reached out to him. I like talked shit to him on his thread and, uh, and like with, you know, smiley, smiley face emojis and all that. Yeah. And then I, I sent him a connection request, called him out publicly for not accepting the connection request. He accepted it publicly. And then I went on to have like a 20 minute conversation with him over messenger about why he feels the need to just crap all over everyone. Yeah, advice. intentionally be divisive, yeah. Right, and he told me, and I was like, I respect that. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm not arguing with you. I do think that you're wrong on some points, and I think we can agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. And I literally said to him, I said, listen, if I ever post something that you disagree with, I absolutely respect you for calling me out on that. Yep. But fair warning, we will, mar we will argue like an old married couple <laughs> publicly if I, feel, <laughs> if I feel it's necessary. And he loved it. He was like, that's what I want. Yeah. I want people to, to challenge me. Mm -hmm. I want to see where, what you're doing that's working. Maybe yeah. it works for me too. And I thought, okay, all right. So that, that there's actually two trolls <laughs> friends with now. They just, they loved me. What Amy's can I say? out here making friends with the trolls. No, I mean, I think it, um, you bring up very, something that's a, a really big for me on LinkedIn that I struggle with is, is, um, you know, one of the best parts about it is that people tend to be on their best behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's usually associated with their company you know, whatever, whatever, there's all these reasons that people typically will kind of behave. Mm -hmm. um, and it gets a little old and a little surface level, like everybody's like, yeah. congratulations, great job, great idea, fantastic. Oh, this is awesome. Um, I, I'm actually kind of thoroughly disappointed that for as many like posts as I've made and things that I've talked about that I haven't gotten more like pushback haters and trolls. And right. um, it makes me kind of wonder, am I, Am I being too in the middle? Am I being too vanilla? You know, maybe. right? Do I need it? Yeah, I don't maybe, know. right? Maybe you are. Um, and um, so what I did, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago was I took a, a few posts from LinkedIn and just copy and pasted them on Reddit. Uh-huh. And it was so Oh, awesome. that's fun. <laughs> you would love this, Amy. I immediately got so much hate. Like the first person yeah. that responded to my post, because I put it on the sales Reddit. Um, and it was just, you know, about cold calling or something. And the first person that commented was like, is this a MySpace post? Because it feels like, <laughs> like, who are you talking to? This feels oh, like a Zanga dope. diary at, yeah. uh, entry, you know, just totally. And, and I loved it. Right. And so, <laughs> because LinkedIn can be a little bit of an echo chamber and a little bit yeah. of a happy, everybody's doing a great job and, you know, um, pat on the back kind of place. So I love that you yeah. seek that out. I love that you lean into that because it helps you stay sharp and it helps you stay out of that echo chamber. Um, right. I love well, the, the grassroots kind of idea and uh -huh. the fact that, you know, it's just, I mean, and there's a reason that you got bombarded, right? People are, and there's a reason. So like the reason that I um, 
bought Josh Braun's like B2B guide originally right. was because it was on a Google sheet. Yeah. Like when I found out right. that it was on a Google sheet, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Cause he's just a guy mm-hmm. that has done some shit and knows some shit. And he's just like yeah. putting this stuff in here every week and adding another play here. <laughs> and it's a growing thing. And uh, you know, I can't, copy and paste anything because it's a damn google sheet and there's a little little things like that but that's actually what attracted to me if i had gone to his website and it was some learning management system that looks Mm -hmm. like everything else that i've ever all buttoned up yeah no not attractive right right it felt like okay this is a guy who was once you know a vp of biz dev and booked some real meetings with some real people and he's got the damn geico email that he sent (laughs) in there you know, yeah. I mean, that was yes. the first time. So I think He's, people. It's honest. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's so authentic. So I got to tell you a funny story about Josh Braun. So I went to his webinar like a month ago and it was baller. I mean, it was literally the best webinar I've been on. Um, I mean, he was teaching you, you could walk away from it. I had a notepad full of notes. I'm like, like desperately scribbling, like, I hope I get this. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, gosh, this like makes so much sense. And I'm going to immediately start uh, like applying these tactics in my job. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I-, I almost left feeling bad that I hadn't bought his guide yet. I'm like, it's <laughs> a good sales job right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I-, I asked a question during the webinar and I had to drop for a customer call. So I was bummed out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Josh ended up calling me the next day, um, like in the evening, I'm like cooking dinner. And uh, we talked for probably 20 minutes about absolutely nothing. Like my life, my dad, the air, area 51 aliens. I mean, it was just like munitions. Like, I mean, it was just totally off topic. It it was, it was awesome. It was like my long lost high school buddy, you know? Yep. And, and then he asked me a question. He said, you know, tell me the honest truth on what, what feeling you get from the current kind of sales training, coaching environment on LinkedIn. And I said, well, I mean, to be brutally honest, I think that a lot of times it's utter crap. It's very surface level. It's very, like you said, attaboy clubs and standing in front of Lamborghinis and pretending that you did not just rent that and drive it <laughs> off a lot. You know, um, and people see through that. I mean, we're smart people. Sales reps are inherently intelligent by nature because they want to problem solve. And I was really fired up about it. And I probably, I was like, I really hope I don't piss this guy off. (laughs) Um, And I I just, I said what I felt. And he was like, you know what? I completely agree with you. Yeah. Like I walk around trade shows and I go up to all these booths and, and they try to tell me what they do. And I'm just like, what? And I'm like, that's what it's like for all of us on LinkedIn because no one is transparent. A lot of times it's like a lot of fluff, a lot of um, theory and, you know, hey, let's put this out there and make everyone feel good today. Um, But I don't know what you do. I have a day job, so I'm not going to click on a thousand profiles to see what you sell. Um, And there's no ask, even if it's like a subtle ask. And Josh seems to do it different. Um, like Dale Dupree, he's doing some similar stuff where he's literally telling you, I do sales consulting. That's what I would sell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also selling the value on top of it. And so I told Josh, I was like, I wish people would be more transparent with the fact that they are selling something Yeah. on the sales side. Um, and, uh, and, 
and, and I, I think I'm seeing that a little bit more, which is nice. And, um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's my Josh Braun story. No, no. <laughs> and I, I haven't bought and... his product yet either. Well, and I don't <laughs> He's think still he... working on me. Yeah, no, I don't think he cares. Right. I mean, no. I think he, um, you know, he's definitely, it's been interesting to watch how he's progressed, right? Because he, um, it's just completely word of mouth, right? I have at least two right. to three people a week that will hit me up and say, hey, I saw your testimonial on his website. What do you think? And my answer is always the same. Um, like I've had a few, a few people actually ask me to like meet with them to talk about mm -hmm. it. And I'm like, no, nah, we don't need to talk about this. You need to go buy it the end right right and yeah what a and that and josh you know he's never even talked to me about doing that he's never asked me to do that you know every now and then i'll say hey uh you know four people probably bought that thing this week because uh four people hit me up and i told him to go get it right and yeah you know that's happening all the time for him and it's just a result of doing exactly what he says to do right mm -hmm. which is just you know teach give value, make it clear what you're selling, ask for it when it, when, when it's appropriate. Um, and, and it's attractive to people. And it really is. It gives you a sense of knowing of a roadmap. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, when I was at, uh, Ferguson, like my, I wrote a standard operating procedure manual for like what we do on in customer service, mm -hmm. what you do when this happens, um, how to train new employees, like what should they know the first two weeks on the job, yeah, we didn't have anything. And so I sat down and got this big, thick white binder and just filled it with resources and, you know, contacts of who to call when this happens. And then I was able to kind of give that to the new employees and they would come to me after a couple of weeks asking some of the same questions. And I'll say, did you check the SOP? Yep. And they're like, oh no. And I'm like, the answers are all in there. I mean, there's some that aren't granted. But it's all in there. It's a roadmap. And I feel like he does a really good job of that. And, um, but, uh, you know, kind of going back to like the peer to peer stuff, I feel like um, there's a lot of sales reps out there that would benefit from coaching, even at a high level of experience. Um, sometimes it's nice to get humbled a little bit. Oh, and uh, there's plenty of people out there willing to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, newly certified sales trainer for this company called Lamore training. And the CEO there is a guy named John Kaufman and, and his okay. mindset is sales is the only profession that takes up as much of the market as it does. Mm -hmm where there is zero culture around training and learning and development, like zero, Yes. you know, you might get lucky. You might join a company that has some good stuff going on. Like a couple of weeks ago, I spoke with Scott Lease and he worked for Xerox, right? Mm -hmm. So he just kind of stumbled into that gig and got lucky that they had a good sales training program and it helped him and gave him some tools. But, um, you know, I've never been through formal training Nobody that I work with has been through formal training. And to your point, everybody can benefit from it, right? Yeah. And so you start to realize, and, and really, um, it was funny, my journey to kind of doing this was John kind of saying like, hey, like the days of people who haven't done it in 20 years, like me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because he's right. an older guy, he's right. like, I don't want to do this anymore. 
you need to go do it because you're mm-hmm. still doing it. Well, right? and you're talking to everyone too. I mean, you're getting wisdom and advice. And like, you know, uh, and just through your podcast and just everything, you know, and that's invaluable what you can bring to the table from a coaching standpoint or a training standpoint. Yeah. And that's so, why mad I respect. Love- I well, Go for I, it. that's why I love what you're doing, right? It's, it's you, you identified this gap and you know, so many people, I've talked to several people the last week or so about starting a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And the reasons why they haven't done it and the reasons why they, you know, what they're thinking about and what's holding them up. Um, it's all bullshit. Yeah. It's excuses. Right. And so I have plenty of them. Yeah. I know. And everybody does. Right. And, and I'm definitely not at a point where I'm hit firing in all cylinders, you know, <laughs> so far from it. But that appetite for action is mm-hmm. that you have by just saying, Hey, I'm just going to do this. And if I end up with an overwhelming amount of response or nobody responds, right. screw it. I'm here and we're going to figure this thing out. That, you know, I mean, that's what drives that kind of engagement and why people want to be a part of it. And I, you know, I absolutely love it. Um, as I always do, I'm always ask my guests to provide an actionable sales tip that folks, when they're done listening to the podcast, can actually go and use when they get back to their desk. So Amy, what have you got for us? Okay, so conversation is the largest part of your sales experience. If you can't talk to someone, you will not be successful in sales. So one of the things that I do um, is I script things out and I will practice having a conversation with variables. Like, what if they ask this question? What if they hate me? What if they, what if their attitude is, you know, one of judgment or challenge? How do I respond to that? And then I act it out. Mm. Um, and I'll act it out with coworkers too. Like we'll go through scenarios of A, B, and C. Um, and the reason for it is like, you, you acting and conversation go hand in hand. There's some people like I can just talk to anyone. I mean, I talk to literally everyone, but not everyone's like me. There's a lot of introverted sales reps yep. and for, for them to struggle in the area of kind of being able to talk to strangers, um, that's a huge hurdle to overcome, but it can be overcome. It just takes practice and, and that grows the confidence. And sometimes you don't want to risk those golden hours where you're on the phones taking those risks or this is my practice run because you're going you're gonna to suck. Yeah. And then that's a, that's a meeting you could have booked. Um, so when you're not in that golden hour where you have to be on the phones and you have to be on, practice having conversations. Make them awkward. Like seriously make them awkward. Like I want her to respond with, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling it today. <laughs> How do I overcome that? You know? And it's like, it's like, um, what is it? Like the, the comedy, like routine that you can go improv. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Improv the hell out of your conversations. That would be like my number one tip because I talk to people all the time that don't know how to have a conversation. And, and be interesting or inspiring or anything. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big part of it. No, and I love it. And I think what inherently happens when you get somebody who may not, even if you do have somebody that's naturally inclined to have a conversation, 
they may end up talking about themselves the whole time. Right. If, if, if there's not some sort of thoughtful preparation beforehand. Right. And I think yeah. identifying, you know, there's work that's put into scripts and objection handling and like pieces of a conversation, but looking at it holistically like that, like mm -hmm. how can I just have a decent conversation with somebody who, you know, there may not be a specific objection. They're just in a bad mood. You right. know, how do you turn that around? I love that. That's fantastic. It's advice like Chris, Chris bossing it. Yeah. Never I started doing that. It was yeah. really hard for me, but it makes, it makes a difference. And, you know, on that same note, um, I don't know if you saw, like we're doing um, uh, five on Friday. Have you seen yes. that yet? Yeah. So that's basically what that is all about. It's giving SDRs and BDEs and AEs a chance to pitch a demo to their peers mm. for free. I mean, it's just like, come on and pitch. We'll spend 30 minutes kind of walking, like you walk through the pitch or you walk through your cold calls or whatever. Um, and the, there's four people on the panel that are just going to sit there and say, Hey, this was great. Maybe like try saying it like this and actually like practicing with them and like on the fly doing some, some stuff to really help, help them because, um, gosh, uh, there were times where I would have given anything to have someone listen to me, just verbal diarrhea, something, yeah. and yeah. then they call me out on it and I learn from it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I love that idea. And when I saw it, I loved it because, you know, you can do that internally. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you're also living in an echo chamber there. Everybody, mm -hmm. you know, you may all have kind of the same mindset or there may be some weird dynamic where you can't be honest with each other. I've been in scenarios like that where like yeah. role playing becomes like, you don't want to get into the weeds because, you know, Johnny's going to get pissed or, mm -hmm. you know, take it to heart or whatever. So to be able to I kind hope of I don't go, piss people off. <laughs> well, but I think, you know, when you're going into a scenario like that, um, it's almost easier to say, okay, well, like this is a, this is a, there are lots of variables here. Right. And that's why I'm showing up for those variables. Cause that's where right. I'm going to get the value from. So I, yeah. And everyone is coming at it from a different angle. I mean, I have nothing to gain in the sales world from this really, because I sell complicated IT in a very <laughs> yeah. niche environment. Yeah. You're not, but, you know, booking your prospects. Right. It's not like, that. okay, now let's talk about what I'm selling. Um, and, you know, Francois, um, he's, he's my co-founder. We've got Patrick Downs and Patrick Joyce doing it. And they all come yeah. from different backgrounds. They're at different levels in their career and uh, they're all hilarious. So the outtakes should be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that. And I love, again, that kind of grassroots peer to peer kind of thing that you've got going on. And, and you're just doing it, right? You're going to come on and do it. We'd be a co-coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Anytime. Awesome. Let me know when I'll be there. Um, Amy, I need to ask you the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast. And that is, what is your favorite place to eat lunch? Anywhere that sells Thai food and that Ooh. has Thai iced tea. Okay. Yeah. Got I'm it. Pretty easy. If it's, if they've got Thai iced tea on the menu, I will eat there. Hey, that's it. Um, t that may be the first mention of Thai food. Uh, typically the, the favorites are like Italian food and, um, like sandwiches. So I love <laughs> that, that, uh, you're the outlier there. Oh, Anybody, oh, weird. Anybody knows of a good Thai, Thai food place anytime Amy's around, you know, the way to her heart. Hit me up. That's it. Yes. I love it. Well, Amy, um, how can people reach out to you, connect with you, and get involved with all these wonderful things you've got going on? Thank you, James. Um, uh, 
what was the question again? Because you cut out. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, Mike. Luckily, I'm not uh, even gonna lie. I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, how can people reach out to you and get in touch? Okay. With you? Yeah. So you can hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm on there often on every day. Um, I think most of my contact information is on my profile too. So uh, don't randomly call me at nine o'clock at night because that has happened. Crazy. Um, but yeah, just you know LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, you need some help or you just want to connect and have a good conversation, I'm down. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I love it. It's well, easy. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, you know, it's everything that I thought it would be. We, we talked about so many great things and you shared so many great stories. So I just really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me. It was, it was fun. You're the hey. real deal. Hey, so are you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 53 of the Lunch Break Podcast. I'll speak to you guys soon.